0: Welcome to Wisdom Personified, conversations with Dudum Soumy, a passionate and relentless pursuit of exploring how individuals use good judgment in everyday life, both in their personal and professional lives. So great to have you guys here. Thank you so much for making the time for me.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: So you guys were born in the US? Yes. Can you just tell me a bit about your childhood? Do you have siblings? What did you do for your pastimes?
1: Wow. Okay, yes. Um, I was born in Augusta, Georgia, but I, w- I was raised in, um, in Fairville, North Carolina, and I do have siblings. I have one older brother. He's about 10 years older than me. I have an older sister, and then I have another older sister, so they both tell me what to do. <laughs> and then I have a younger sister yeah. who I tell what to do.
2: Okay. <laughs> I just don't have a younger sister. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was born and raised in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, the little town I grew up in is called Rustburg, R U S T B U R G. And um, I do have siblings. I have an older sister, she's 10 years older, and a brother that's four years older. And that's just the three of us. Yeah. And for past times, I just played with my cousins outside, like from sun up to about sundown so definitely outside most of the day.
0: Yeah, that life, hey, of playing outside. We got to watch cartoons on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do for your pastime? Ooh,
1: I did everything. We played a lot of sports, and we had a nice neighborhood that we lived in, so all the kids were roughly about the same age, mm-hmm. and so we played a lot of sports, swam mm-hmm. a lot, football, basketball. Um, we didn't have video games back then, <laughs> you know, so. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty much it. We uh, competed against each other. We raced, yeah. ran, you know, just did things outside.
0: Yeah, creative time. Yeah. you created your own joy, kind of thing. A lot of times <laughs> we
1: created our own games that yeah. didn't even exist. Yeah,
0: that's where the entrepreneur yeah. started coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk about that. Um, so, what do you think your unique value proposition is? If you are not here tomorrow, how will the world be poorer?
1: Well, I, you know we. We do what we can to, you know, leave a, a legacy behind. And so what we're doing now, we want to connect um, the African um, community with African uh, diaspora as well. Um, and um, you know, I think if they could, you know, look at what we're doing and just kind of continue to push the push the narrative. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I, I would feel that that would be uh, a pity. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we are.
2: Mm-hmm. No, we d- totally agree on that statement. I mean, for the most part, I think that they would just need to realize that we've laid a path and to just follow. If they follow it, even if we're not here, they should mm. they should be fine. You started. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you are the founders of the Real South Africa Tour Company. Correct. Which is... Part of what also intrigued me when I came across you guys. <laughs> what does your company do, and why did you name it The Real South Africa?
1: Okay, well, let me start with the second half. The, why we named it the, the Real South Africa, because being in the U.S., we don't even hear much about Africa uh, you know, positively, let alone South Africa. It's so far away. Mm. Um, so all content, all things that we hear in, from the U.S. perspective is just Africa. So um it's
0: like we one country. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Africa. So
1: if it's happening in in northern Africa it's, it's happening, happening in, South in southern Africa. yeah, in southern Africa. And so we decided since we we was fortunate enough to come here during World Cup 2010, at least I was, and I saw in Africa that I I didn't even know existed. And so I wanted to let people in the diaspora primarily know that, you know, what we're showing them is what we see every day. Mm. And was real to us. We wanted to be real to them, so ultimately, it. it I just named it the Real South Africa, and I think if people have yeah. really, um, you know, they really like that that yeah. title. Mm-hmm.
0: I liked it because when I also follow your videos, okay, um, it's like, and you had to, we had to leave it to people from outside mm-hmm. to really expose who we are because we are not really getting a strong enough voice or the confident voice to say no 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 the images you have of us are not all mm-hmm. true but yes yeah, so i love i love that yeah. that name completely yeah. um so you both started your first business a year mm-hmm. after you were married. Not even a full yeah, year, actually. Yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is the most challenging part of working with a spouse? Can you share wisdom on how you ensure that the business relationship does not adversely affect your marriage?
2: Um, <laughs> you know, when we first when we first started the business, I'll just say that it wasn't a situation where we were like, Oh, we're going to start a business. It was a situation where he saw my frustration and the position that I had as a director, and he basically was like, you can do this, and I will support you. So we already knew what my strengths were. We knew what his were, and we just worked in that pattern. It doesn't mean that we don't have disagreements, but we definitely know who is good at what and and that's how we make it work. When it comes to separating it from our marriage, there there is some spillover, Um, but I do know that we make time to, like we don't work all day. Um, We definitely try to set boundaries for when we're gonna work, when we're not gonna work. And we make sure that we make things fun and that we do spend actual time together, even if it's just doing nothing. We Mm. make sure that we aren't always consumed with it because we know what that looks like. We know how it made us feel. So um, we try to stay away from that. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: This appreciation of other people's strength—that is significant, isn't it? No, you know, we're in very a marriage. much aware. Yeah. yeah, very
2: much aware.
1: And there are certain things that she do do better than I do, and then vice versa. And so when it, things come to me that I know that she's better at, I just automatically punt it to her. Um, she can handle it better than me, which lowers our stress. Then so we can continue in our marriage um, at the same time. And, 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 it, and it truly, truly works, yeah. you know, so.
0: I think it's also respect, isn't it? Because some people have an issue around accepting that that person has the strength.
2: No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, he's not significantly older, but he is older. Yeah. Um, so I do have to respect that first. And there are a lot of things that even as someone that's younger than him, I have to respect that he's, no matter what, um, He has lived longer than me. So there's just going to be some things (laughs) that he's just going to know. So even if I'm working within my strength and I hit a pothole, I'm like, hey, like, and just get his thoughts and then I can work out the rest. But I do lean on him heavily for a lot of things because he has lived longer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that, I'm I'm sorry. You know, like, even what we're doing now, you know, I had to set the parameters. You know, this is what we're doing. We want to um, bring what we see um, to the diaspora because we can honestly say we don't see it. We don't see it. We don't. We we, we would never see it um, between getting past all the mainstream media and things that we read. Um, so our, our our main goal is to, you know, kind of change the narrative a, a little bit, but also be, you know, on the action front. Being able to actually provide you know, tourism to South Africa um, based off what we want to do, yes. um, and which is a little different than the norm, mm-hmm. but we do do it. And so we got to balance that as well, mm-hmm. because there are some people that are calling we're asking for one thing, and then they might be calling me asking for something else, and then we got to. Make a Together, determination, yeah. okay, what works. Even if they think it's in their best interest, we're like, no, you probably need to do this. this yeah. And then, then they then they get here, and they're like, oh, now I see what it's you're bad, saying.
0: Because yeah. you have a perspective now that's internal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I As I was saying earlier, um, part of why we're having this conversation is for myself. I've just never understood why our ties are not stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and, and so it was really a sole uh, reaction when I saw you and your, and your videos because mm-hmm. it's like when we all succeed, we all succeed, 100%. literally. Yeah. So whether, which is why um, growing up, we drew strength from the images of African-Americans, mm-hmm. even if they were limited, mm-hmm. because we could see that being an African, you can. Mm. These are people, and if they can do that, it means that even though I'm hearing that I can't do that, I know I can. So for me, it's important for us on this continent to be a representation that African Americans in the diaspora can be Mm. proud of so that they can own. Because I think sometimes you don't walk as tall Mm -hmm. because the images of the people you come from is one that you can't be proud of. So I, I feel it it's my mission, that I'm not just living for me, but for the people that I've never met, who are on the other side, because if they feel proud, they walk uh, taller. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> what is the best advice you have ever received whilst living in South Africa? What did it say, from whom?
1: Okay, um, the easy answer is, I've gotten a lot of good advice from a lot of people here in South Africa, um, you know, people that are older than me, um, who sat me down. I've sat at tables where there was a young person who's 15 years old, who are very passionate about their uh, their country and where it's going, and was telling me about the history, things I did not know because they don't teach us um, um, Black history um, in America too much, anyway. Let alone African history. Let alone South African history. Um, one but one of the people that that really um, inspired me was here we are it was our second time here in South Africa we go to Cape Town and we was like we, we didn't even tell anyone we just left we went to Cape Town <laughs> yeah. and we rented a flat um, fortunately it was in Clifton
2: yeah
1: we didn't Chose know the
2: okay. yeah. I, I didn't know I didn't
1: it worked out for yeah. us because um, we owned our own business there as well and um we happened to be going to air through the airport and we ran into another African American. Um, his name is Tim, um, and um, he says to me, "Hey, let's let's meet up when you get to Cape Town. I'm coming to Cape Town too." So we we get to Cape Town, and he and he says, "So why are you here?" Because keep in mind he's been here much longer than yeah. us. Why are you here? And I was like, "Well, we just coming to see how this thing goes, and uh, see if we might want to want to move here." Yeah. And he basically he said, "Okay, Mark. Well," Um, you know, an African American with some means can do well here in South Africa, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what that meant.
0: Yes,
1: initially, but I took it. But as I moved forward, I started noticing what he was saying. Yeah. So I was a little bit more bold in my steps. Um, I was more um, deliberate with what we're doing, and mm-hmm. that's why we're um, doing what we're doing in this yeah. in this tourism space because we feel that, um, you know, I'm an African American with some means, yeah. so I can, I can do some things. With
0: the exchange rate, yes, you don't do too badly, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: it hasn't but
0: always
1: been where it, it is right been. now, but yeah. Yeah. I remember when it was 9 to 1, which yeah. wasn't bad.
0: It wasn't bad even yeah, then. But yeah. now it's, 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 really, yeah,
1: it's just much, 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 much favorable. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is.
0: Yeah. yeah, Well, that was good advice. Thank you yeah. for being around. <laughs> 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 what is the most detrimental stereotype about people of African descent anywhere in the world? that you heard or observed that you believe has kept them from experiencing their best lives. What wisdom can you share about how they can overcome the shackles of the
1: stereotype? Okay, well, we're sharing wisdom. <laughs> and that's what we're doing, which is yeah. good. Um, I've been fortunate, because in my previous lives, I feel like I've, I'm in my fourth life at this point. Um, and I've traveled a lot of the world, you know, between being in the U.S. military for thirteen years, being U.S. Secret Service for ten, mm-hmm. we I go where presidents go, vice presidents go. That's where I go. Um, so I've been to a lot of countries, and I think the biggest stereotype that I've experienced and witnessed is that um, you know, you know that black people are lazy, mm-hmm. uh, which includes Africans, African Americans, anybody um, of, of of color that that we're lazy, and I've I've, I've found and I've heard it, you know. Um, but then at the same time I've I haven't experienced that in America for the most part and I definitely haven't experienced it here. Um I see a lot of I see a lot of motivated yeah. um um South Africans that are that are getting it done. And and actually it even inspires me to sometimes say, let me get up and let me do a little bit more to um you know to, to engage in in, in in that in that struggle.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Agree? Um, no, we, we definitely agree on that statement. I think that um, we are told, you know, beyond the fact that black people are lazy, that um, we don't like each other, um, that we're not the same, um, definitely keeping a little bit of tension so that if I see you, I'm going to automatically look down on you or expect you to look up to me or for me to think i got to teach you things that you, you know, when in fact... What I found here is that South Africans are, or Africans in general to me, are extremely intelligent people. If you shut your mouth as the ugly, arrogant American, you actually will learn a lot. So that stereotype of believing that you know, Africans are beneath us or they don't like us has definitely kept a lot of people from coming. Um, and on top of that, I mean, there's lots of reasons that keeps them from coming because they're told a lot of the times that, you know, racism is so bad here. And they're like, why would I want to go to Africa or South Africa if I'm just going to experience what I experience here at home? And they really, a lot of them still believe that like apartheid is so practiced. Um, so having to overcome those things um, is what we try to do in our videos and just kind of say, look, it's definitely a rainbow nation. It's literally a melting pot. There's so many cultures here. Just come get in where you fit in. Come listen. And and then when they start to open their mind, I think that they will actually remove those shackles and be free to actually see the opportunity and the, and the possibilities here in the country.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember um, I started my career in advertising, But in the late 90s, after our liberation, Mm -hmm. um, some African-Americans did come through, especially with the consulting firms. And there was that arrogance. I believe it. So a number of them were kind of shocked that they were actually middle-class Africans, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. educated. Mm -hmm. We run businesses. Even though we had apartheid but we yeah. still had a whole class structure and educated people, even working class people, It doesn't mean just because you're working class, you're stupid. So <laughs> yeah. a number of them were kind of experienced a bit of a culture shock because they thought they were coming to teach us stuff. And the ones that came with that attitude really returned quickly yes. and didn't enjoy their time here. But I think people uh, who kind of understood, okay, these are human beings, whatever I've been told is not true. They kind of, you know, enjoyed it. Of course, in any society, you'll find people that are clued up but not clued up yeah. middle class, yeah. you know. True. So, uh, so th- but also the images. I mean, even where we're at most people don't understand that we can live like this and be African. And, are you
2: even in South Africa? You know, yeah. <laughs> which is,
0: isn't it terrible when they exist with Cape Town? They'll say, oh, Cape Town is not the real Africa, yeah. or South Africa is not the real Africa. Yeah. But, I mean, this it's is, Africa. you know, the diversity. Yeah.
2: But um, That's the beautiful part about the country. Yeah. It is diverse. You literally can get everything here, yeah. every type of weather. Structure. I don't know where you are. It's, it's, and that's what I love about yeah. it because I don't need to go anywhere. If I can just travel this country and yeah. see it, I'm, I'm good.
0: Yeah. So now, and mountains. And I know. And, snow. and culture. Yeah.
1: <laughs> True African culture.
0: Yeah. But what, what was the vision you had for your life? Looking at the life you have lived and are still living, has what you envisioned happened, what is better than you could have imagined, and what in your life has fallen short of your young aspirations?
1: Well, well <laughs> oh it's, like I said, we're we're, we're sharing wisdom. Um, you know, my life has been pretty sorted. Um, overall, I've done so many things. It's not like I started doing one thing and then I'm at you know at retirement age and I've just completed it and I had this one one life. I think that we've we've done a lot. Like for example, uh, a lot of people didn't know back then, but in 2015, 2016, we started. We we came here. Multiple times, and you know, um, Tasha, she's into, you know, the Barbie dolls, and 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 in the, in in America, it was a big thing. I mean, my older sisters, who now you know approaching sixty, played with Barbie dolls, and it, and it gave them a very positive image, and they generally played with black Barbie dolls, Um because Barbie had everything. There are black
0: Barbie dolls
1: now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, let me just, just and, and and so one of the things we were able to do. We couldn't find them here in 2015. We couldn't find them, uh-huh. so we ended up. I ended up approaching um, the toy companies here, um, um, the toy companies to get everything, um, you know, to get them here. And so we actually opened a store in Southgate. That uh, when you oh, walked in, you know, when you yeah. walked in, all you saw was 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 black Barbies. And it was funny because the South Africans would come in. The little girls were so fascinated and they're like, are these real Barbies? Because yeah. they only thought they only saw Barbie as being yeah. white yes, um, and so forth. So that's just one of um, many things that we were, I've been able to do. So I think as far as my life is concerned, um, my mother used to always say, you know, help our people. And so I've been doing that throughout my, throughout my life. And um, so I, I, it's, it's, it's that's that's been my whole that's been my whole goal. So, and I haven't fell short yet.
0: It's still going.
1: I'm still going.
2: Yeah. Um. Mm, um. I as far as like how my life is now compared to what I thought it was gonna be, the truth of the matter is I honestly thought that I would be still practicing, you know, physical therapy. Um, but when we saw. Our opportunities here in South Africa, it literally changed what I actually wanted my life to look like. And I'm happy now that I actually get to live the life that I thought I was supposed to have in the U.S. because what I know for sure is they tell you in the U.S. if you check all these blocks, you can have this type of life. Well, I checked all those blocks and when I got to the end of checking those blocks and I looked at my life, it wasn't what they told me it was supposed to be. So when I came here, and I was like, this is the life that I thought I was supposed to have after checking all those blocks. So living here literally is like what I thought my life was supposed to be. I just thought it was going to be on that side. Yeah. But it happens to be here. And I accepted that it's if I'm going to live the life that I truly aspire to have, it has to be here in, yeah. here in South Africa.
0: Interesting, because we all grew up on the American dream. And I read a book in. Uh, it was when I started working, mm-hmm. l- late 90s, early 2000s, and um, but it was talking about the decimation of the middle class even then in America and a different mm-hmm. perspective. So, most of my life, I didn't know that there is an American dream because. From reading, I knew there wasn't Mm -hmm. the way it was portrayed. And I always find it so sad for people who get shattered by that because uh, I suppose it's also about what we're exposed to. And I should say, we can do the same in South Africa. Get people to believe that Mm -hmm. it is possible. And that's what makes America great because you can believe it's possible, True. and that's all you need to energize. The fact that most people may not ever experience it, mm-hmm. but we strive towards it, with us, we get very, you know, okay. we get, South Africans quickly comfortable. Yeah. We are very <laughs> <laughs> comfortable go yeah, quick I found, to the
2: soft life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I found myself getting very comfortable here, yeah. and, um, here in South Africa, and, and sometimes I had to motivate myself to hmm. remember and the remembrance is the phone calls that we get from our, um, you know, potential travelers. That are trying to say, "Hey, I need to do something else," yeah. Or oh, I just want to, you know, bring my wife on a on a vacation. So then I gotta I gotta motivate <laughs> to get back up because you can't just because fly. here you could just the weather's good most class, of the time.
0: You can be very
1: comfortable. Very comfortable here <laughs> yeah. in South Africa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can you explain the Karen <laughs> phenomenon to those that
2: don't know what it is? And have you experienced it in South Africa? And what was the context? Um. I think the best way to explain the Karen phenomenon is that what we know for sure as Americans is that we, we black people, are the minority. And the one person that knows that they have power that they misuse is a white woman. So unfortunately, the Karen phenomenon is simply a Caucasian woman that just decides she wants to put her two cents into something that's really not her business, and then she escalates it to a level where she knows the police is going to come, and then at this point she and the police that are going to show up are going to be probably other Caucasian cops, so now, no matter what happens, she's going to be believed. And you can use that to literally torment other people simply because you know you can. Because all all you have to do is just say, as a white woman, and you're immediately believed. And that's kind of where the caring phenomenon comes from. You can just say... And, and they believe that energy
0: that has to drive somebody to want somebody to be in an unfortunate situation. I
1: well, mean,
2: they do it to children. They don't care if they're seven or seventy-seven. They have yeah, that power, and it's, it's, it's misused. Yeah,
1: and it's real. It's, it's very it's, real. It's, it's, it's extremely real. Yeah.
0: Have you experienced it in South Africa?
1: You, no, I haven't experienced it at all. It's actually been pretty com- comforting being here because some of the th- like we have people that come here as as, as tourists. And they ultimately are still on guard. And then they get here and they're like, I don't have to be on guard anymore. They realize it themselves. We tell them. um, And then we're not on guard at all. I'm literally not on guard because I don't expect it. I don't see it. I don't have it. I don't really hear it too much in conversations. Mm -hmm. However, I do remember those conversations when we were in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And we have those in the U.S. that are still experiencing it and would say, hey, yeah, this happened to me the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting, but nonetheless, I haven't experienced it here. No, Thank
2: definitely goodness. not here. Thank yeah. goodness. Everybody here is accepting, which, yeah. is like, which yeah. I can appreciate. <laughs>
0: yes. What is the one decision you wish you had never made in life, and why?
2: I got nothing. I'm happy with all my decisions. <laughs> <laughs> No, I but because I, I see the I see the good in all of the decisions that I've made, whether it be you know one that came in at an unfortunate expense. I just learned from those things, so I don't really have a decision that I wish I had not made. Yeah, um, everything is a learning process. Every and I had yeah. but I had to learn that at a very as a young person. So I don't you don't have time to have a pity party. Yeah, like what's the solution, and you keep it moving. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I think all those things. Uh, it's, it's a good. It's a great question. I kind of I really like it because I, I I I think about okay here i am i'm I'm joining the u s Army, and then a year and a half later, I'm in a combat zone n- n- nobody would choose that, and so <laughs> it was a choice um that i made and then but as the years went on um I've learned a lot from the from that time. I still reference the things that happened there um mm. and it's probably helping me be here mm. um so i I've, probably at a time I probably regretted some decisions, but as time went on, I'm looking how it all bared out. Yes. As my dad used to say, um, it, the, the pendulum swings the other way. And things, I, I, I draw from that. And it works. So um, I don't really re- fully regret some things Some things I wish didn't happen, you know, like going to that desert and, and <laughs> you know, doing what I had to do. But at the end of the day, it, it, it it's formed who I am today. Mm. And that's why I can do what I do.
2: I
0: don't know if I should ask this question. Why? But... As an African-American, to join the army, how Mm -hmm. does that make you feel? Because I always watch (laughs) that, and I think a place that does not seem to embrace you wholeheartedly and you go out and you fight for them, Mm -hmm. how does it make you feel?
1: Well, it's funny. (laughs) That's a a multi-pronged question. Um, There was a time joining the military was a a proud thing that you do to say, uh, you know, our early forefathers were like, okay, I'm a full-fledged American if I go to uh, join the military and possibly go to war. So when you come back, you're like, okay, I can stand right along with everyone else. Well, um, that never happened. And then as time went on, it turned into, uh, it turned into my granddad was in the military. So it turns into a proud thing. So yes, you do, um, you know, have your priorities. It could be on fighting for America, or it could be, hey, this is a family tradition. Mm -hmm. And and they compete with each other. For me, it was a family tradition that's kind of what we kind of what we did and we all are proud of the yeah. fact that we actually served and we can we can look at each other like for example my father served in Vietnam and he used to tell me all these stories and I really couldn't connect with them and then when I went to what we call Desert Storm when I came back home I literally looked at him and I looked at him completely yeah. different and we can share our stories, and now I understood his yeah. stories. So it was another way for us to bond as okay. well.
0: So you find your own way of connecting Correct. with it. Correct. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've always wondered about that. Thank you. Yeah. I can sleep better now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what have you observed about the entrepreneurial spirit in South Africa? What wisdom can you share about how the unemployment rate can be reduced through entrepreneurship?
1: Well, it's funny you say that. I believe. For us, you know, I hear South Africans saying they're looking for a job. Yeah. But, and I hear that in America, but we, we stay on the job front. We're constantly looking for jobs. Um, not saying that we don't find them because we do. Um, the entrepreneurial ladder is 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 a hard rung to get to. In the U.S., we were able to achieve it, and it was hard to maintain those whole ten years that we we did that there. In South Africa, I see most most people are entrepreneurial. Like most people that we talk to, even if even if it's a small business, they are, or, or even if they work for as y'all say corporate, they're looking to to start their own stuff. So I find that that most South Africans and Africans in general are, are more entrepreneurial than we would ever be. And I, and I don't know it's because of access, because in the U.S. it's very difficult to get access. Here, I, I don't really know, but I, I will say that I think that um, South Africans are more entrepreneurial and as far as um the the, un- the unemployment rate i mean i think it's it's a it's a global issue with with um, with black people in general regardless of where you find them um so um the quicker and the sooner that we start working together we're going to be able to solve um you know these issues yeah. but but locally um I, I would say entrepreneurship is 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 one of many tools um that people can um, take advantage of, um, and so forth. But again, this is a this is a young democracy. It's going to take a a little bit, probably more time than than what we need. But ultimately, I think it will be solved.
0: Yeah, you almost like uh, in my mind, I foresee a world where the Africans and the and the diaspora deliberately in, look at the money circulating mm-hmm. amongst themselves first before we. Take it to other groups because it hasn't benefited us. Correct. You know. Um, so with technology now, uh, thank goodness now that we're embracing even online stuff. Yes. Before COVID, we were not. That there is actually no reason why, when you're looking, especially in the knowledge industry, when you're looking for skills or services, why are we not looking at each other's markets? Um, mm-hmm. I've never understood that but this is why I'm excited about chatting to you guys yes. because these are thoughts I've always had of why we're we not trading with each other why we're we not risking on each other um so I hope we start a movement of doing that yeah
1: I think the movement is happening at, from what we see yeah. because we do like I said we do our videos and even if we're not talking about business in particular or trading or anything like you know getting into the weeds of it People are asking us those questions, like, "Can I do that over here in Africa, in South Africa?" Um, because they know that, for the most part, um, as I used to say, then in, in, on that side in the U.S., they're not going to finance their demise. Mm-hmm. So, as long as they can keep you in in the working class, yeah, it 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 really helps the economy. Yes. Um, when you come out the working class, maybe you know you're trading with Africa. You kind of are going against the grain which is you know that's but that's what we need to do so people yeah. are highly interested yeah yeah we just need to and to be honest with you from my perspective and I say that from my perspective I think Africa needs to be more receptive to those people who are looking to come here and invest buy homes mm-hmm. come here as tourists spend money um those types of things they need to open it up like all the way yeah and people will come
0: yeah instead of seeing it as competition. 100%. Yeah,
1: we're not competition. I, and I would also say, you know, I, I like what Ghana did. I think if South Africa did something very similar, just, you know, say, hey, because I've I watched the State of the Nations address. Mm. And that was one of the motivations for us to, you know, ramp up our tourism, because he would talk about one thing, probably the second or third item was tourism. Mm. And I'm like, I could do that. Yes. I can bring, I can, because, you know, we're pretty significant on our side. I can bring more people. Um, and I understand from talking to um, S.A. Tourism that for every person that comes, that's creating a job. It does. Yeah, and for for every time a person gets off that plane, and that's why T.B.C.S.A. and all those agencies um, track those things. Yes. So they can see you know how much money because we spend. have a
0: huge target: 21 million visitors that mm-hmm. we need to get in yeah. by 20. Is it 30? 2030.
1: Yeah.
0: So we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. We're going to do our part. Yeah, yeah. We're, going to,
1: we're going to do. What Thank we can.
0: goodness. <laughs> okay, we are about to wrap up. Yes, but, um, so, uh, yeah, maybe let's just get into the light stuff, not the heavy stuff anymore. It's okay. Okay. Well, On your bucket list, what's still there to do?
2: Hmm.
0: Travel more of this country.
2: Definitely like the wanted. little
0: towns have
2: you, do you got to the little town well yeah. what i really want to do is just do what we did before but i want to go further just get in the car and just be gone for like two weeks and just yeah i t- 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 yeah.
0: just want to yeah. do that i'm supposed to do that in september but <laughs> i only now have two weeks instead of the month that oh, i wanted okay. mm-hmm. so i'm gonna fly into cape town and then drive up the coast there you go and you um yeah i now. love it and, uh-huh. and uh yeah so I, I love the little towns i usually plan my trip so that i'm Every two and a half hours I stop
2: yeah mm-hmm. and uh, no so stress. those are,
0: no those are little towns most of us just pass mm-hmm. so yeah. lunch stopping like that and um, what wisdom would you like to leave us with as we wrap up? what is the one thing you would like to share with our audience?
2: I would say to South Africans um, you are smart, <laughs> you are worthy um, you have all the tools you need just be patient with your self, be patient with your new democracy, understand that, you know, we're not your litmus test um, for what success looks like, Um, that we're not your competition either, and that if you can see value in how hard we had to fight to get to where you got in 25 years, understand that we're still on the same path and we can walk it together. That would be what I would say.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, I would say that uh, it would be incredible, (laughs) and I'm smiling, it'd be incredible to see a a literal ant trail of all those in the diaspora collaborating, doing things. I mean, like we see it in music. Um, We definitely see it in film. I think sometimes um, people don't even realize, especially in the U.S., that those actors and actresses that are on that screen or South African, yeah. or African from mm. some other um, country, they don't even realize it because they're—they just don't realize it. Mm. They um,
0: assimilate well.
1: Yeah, very well. And I'm like, but these are the same people that you are looking at, looking at, over here, and say, "Well, I don't want to mess with those, with those people. That needs to disappear. Yeah, um, um immediately. And then we start working together, um, because when black people are elevated in the world eyes, then it makes it better for everyone. Yeah. You know, if I travel as a black person to um, South America, uh, and they know that black people are on yes. a on a pedestal, yes, that makes it better for me, and that's that's directly and indirectly to people who I don't know. Yeah, so that's what I would That that would be like the best.
0: Yes, that yeah. is my mission as well. Um, there's a talk I had to give. Uh, it has, It's a. The headquarters are in California. And without um, the Zoom world, that opportunity would not have happened. Mm -hmm. So to have an African female give advice about whatever, and I was like, this is what my mother could not dream about. Mm -hmm. This generation is starting. It can only get better for the next generation, where if you're looking for strategic help, if you're looking for leadership advice, you speak to an African female. Yes. That it's not always white males, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that is my dream. Because I think we are amazing and the wisdom that we have to share. Um not that African American men are not at our level as uh. African American females and African females. No women are gonna leave but the world anyway. anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's what I believe anyway. yeah. yeah. But uh it really and it's going to be good for all of us, as Madiba used to say, when we are freeing the white race, you also free the African race. Mm-hmm. So when you free the black race, you feel you free the white race as well, because mm-hmm. then racism gets us all in a bondage. Yeah. And if we can understand that, the energy we take to hate each other and to keep yeah. each other down, you can use that energy to make this world so much better. But, hey, do you understand why we're having this conversation? (laughs) I hope you are feeling inspired. You may not always understand the nuances of these conversations and the emotional value they are for the people in this particular episode. Africans and people from African descent. But just be patient with us. Go on the journey. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi. Please also like, follow, and subscribe to our channel and share the wisdom with your friends. I would love it if you could rate and review as well. Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Swami is also available on YouTube, Facebook Watch, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Enjoy
2: the wisdom journey.